Welcome to The Quad, CCB's sport podcast. I'm Simon Hill, Deputy Head at Christ College, and I'm delighted that you've joined us as we discuss all the latest sports news at the school. We'll cover global sporting issues and also spend time with invited guests, all of whom have specialisms or interest in the world of sport. This is The Quad. Okay, and welcome everybody, and thank you for joining us again for uh, episode three of the quad. Um, looking forward to getting into lots of news updates about sport this week, uh, results, etc. I'm very pleased to introduce our uh, our guest for this week is Mr. Thompson. Thank you. And, uh, very Thanks pleased, for having me. Pleased to have you here. Um, uh, we're just going to kind of before we come to you, Mr. Thompson, we're going to just do a quick roundup. Anyone got any sporting kind of highlights from your personal week, or indeed from the the world of sport? Well, yeah, I sort of got two really. Well, one personal, one from like the world. Uh, I think I'll win on Wednesday. I know we'll get on to it a bit later, but I went on Wednesday it was really, really special for me. So it's my first one as captain for the school. So it's uh, yeah, really nice. Nice. But then also I think uh, Portugal's performance on a uh, Sunday, yeah, yesterday. Was, yesterday, that's yeah, right. Yeah, was yeah really special. Definite highlight for me. That oh, so yeah. we'll talk about that in a little bit more detail. Uh, Jack, anything from your uh, sporting world or week? It's got to be Arsenal's win. Oof. Man City, first time in around a decade. Yeah, 12 years, I think. 12 long years, <laughs> long barren years. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was great to see Arsenal yeah, back on winning ways. Happy with that, Ben? Yeah, honestly. Arsenal fan. Home of the moon. Home of the moon. moon. They left it late as well, didn't they? They did. It yeah. was pretty late in the game. Martinelli. Nathan Lucas had quite a lot. 87th minute, I think. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, anyone else? Any kind of highlights, Mark? Yeah, our, our football match from Wednesday against Senny Bridge. Ah. Brilliant win. First game of the season, 2 0 win. Yeah. Two first up goals. Brilliant. Yeah, I loved, I loved that. I loved that being out there to support that. It was great. Um, right, Mr. Thompson, um, welcome and thank, thank you. you for joining us on, uh, on the quad. Um, just wanted, to, before we get into a bit of a larger segment uh, with you a bit later, I really just wanted to kind of, you to give us a bit of sporting background, interests, likes, dislikes. Yeah, well, uh, varied interests, uh, but but now that I uh, am firmly into middle age, I think my, my focus is is on what I've been doing as a professional for many years, but on um, seeing sport through the prism of a character development in young people. Uh, you know, I've got four children of my own who enjoy their sport and for, for all sorts of different reasons, but, but I see the role that it plays in their lives and in the lives of lots of the kids that I have taught over the years. Um, it played that role in my life, you know, I, I'm, no, I'm not a, su- a successful sportsman like, like, like all of you, or successful sports person, I should say, like all of you folks around here, not particularly uh, special in any of the sports that I played, but it really was part of me and who I am. Um, uh, yes, there are a few highlights over the years, but, um, but actually it's more about people and yeah. about um, all of the things that it brings in. It's interesting is as you get older, that's what it becomes more about. Yeah. Definitely becomes around the, the others rather than uh, necessarily yeah. that intrinsic feeling yeah. for you. Yeah. But that's great, thank you. And um, we'll definitely get into a bit more of that actually and the role that sport has um, within a boarding house, which uh, we'll all be very familiar with um, a bit later on, which is great. Um, okay, uh, just a quick then roundup for any mentions this week. Um, successful trainers, successful games, people who've had a real, Kind of standout, and I believe Tess Jackson, miss. Yeah, had a Tess good Jackson week. on the hockey pitch had an absolute cracker on Saturday. Um, she scored four goals, one with the most perfect execution from the penalty corner. Um, and yeah, just a brilliant game from her. Ah, love that. And look, we, we try and do that as much as we can. As personal shout outs for those guys who've had a really good week um, throughout the week. Um, Mark, football, talk to me. Yeah, right. So as, as I've just mentioned, we, we had our first game yes. of the season against Sunnybridge. Owen Smythe, first game as captain, yeah. brilliant. Uh, two first half goals sourced through, uh, and um, it was a uh, two goals from Toby, um, Toby, Palmer. Toby Palmer, and uh, assist from Captain Owen and myself. Nice as well, I like the assist <laughs> kind of uh, plug there as well. And that's happening again this week, and I think it's gonna be kind of regular as well, hopefully every other week, or but we've definitely got another game this week as well to look forward to. Um, love the fact we've got some football um, back on to the fixture card, which is brilliant. Uh, Jack, I'm coming over to you. The first thing you mentioned when I walked through the door earlier <laughs> is I'm feeling a bit kind of sensitive, so a bit sore. What have you been up to well, this week? Yes, yeah, so a bit sore this morning waking up. Um, 
uh, testing yesterday for athletics was Welsh athletics, so yeah, quite stiff after that. But yeah, it was a good. Day. And what does testing involve, uh, um, Jack? So Give us a bit of detail. It was sort of, I suppose, a sort of testing of the baseline. So I've just come back from a two-week break um, following the track season. So this is like the foundation of my strength, fitness, etc. So we did um, flexibility testing, sort of power testing, jumps, and that kind of thing. Bit of S and C testing, which was mainly why I'm so stiff. I've got a PB, <laughs> thirty meters, yeah. Not testing. Not point naught one. <laughs> but that. I'll still take that. that. You take that. Every athlete's <laughs> got to take those silver linings. I'm now down to three point two zero. And you know that so, as well, yeah. yeah absolutely. Um, and do you enjoy that aspect of training? Do you like the testing? Do you I do, like, yeah. Yeah. Why? It's nice. Well, it's, it's interesting from a sort of sports science perspective, um, and I think it's. Well, it's really useful. It sort of quantifies your progress over time. Athletics is a sport where it's very quantifiable. You know, you run this this quick, you produce this much lactic acid, etc. So yeah, it's really sort of valuable tool. And it's funny that in athletics, you definitely look for those gains, don't you? Those little marginal gains yeah. because it can be quite a lonely or quite kind of um, thankless sport at times. You know, there's only three people who can get recognised for it, obviously yeah. for the, the first, second, and third. So. You know, you're looking for those marginal gains, and you're looking for that element of PB. You're looking for any time that you can yeah. have that form of kind of um, satisfaction for for your training paying off. So I guess you should imagine testing is is big. Yeah, well, when I get, I'll, I'll get the data back in a few weeks' time, and I think that will definitely reveal a lot of my strengths, weaknesses, that kind of thing moving forward. Yeah, like you say, constantly working on the, the negatives and turning them into strengths. Awesome. I think we're going to have a bit of fun with you later, and I find about a bit more about those uh, those tests as well. So uh, I'm looking forward to hearing about that. Um, okay, roundup of the week then, and uh, just to kind of go through what's been happening in the world of sport, quite close to home and here at us, uh, involving us here in Wales, I guess. Um, Rugby World Cup continues to dominate, doesn't it, really, the, uh, the yeah. sporting world and the sporting media, um, and obviously we've uh, got a vested interest in that. So, anyone want to kind of kickstart um, who's seen what, who's watched what game, um, any standouts? Well, it's been a really busy weekend, really, sort of like a... Quarterfinal deciders. I think what was really interesting was uh, in Pool D in England's pool. Uh, obviously, uh, no, not, not England's pool. Sorry, Wales's pool. Mm -hmm. uh, Fiji and Australia uh, over the, the knockout line. Six point six points difference between them. Wow. So because uh, obviously Fiji lost to Portugal. Yeah. They still they still managed to go through because uh, Australia and Fiji were on the same amount of points. But Fiji obviously scored six more points than yeah. Australia, and I think it was I think it was the losing bonus point as well, which really helped mm. um, for them to get over the line. And it was a brilliant match. Did anyone else watch that? Or yeah, I loved it. And we talked about Portugal last week as well, yeah. didn't we? And yeah. um, and how fantastic they've been. Uh, they were a big big standout. It was so tough for them um, to get that win. Um, England, a few England fans in here. Yeah, yeah. You say a few. A few? No, there is. There's one. Oh yeah, it's just you. Uh, go on then. How are they? How are they? How, how are you kind of pitting England's chances of uh, progressing? I think uh, my fear is that they'll be one of the weakest semi-finalists mm. ever to play in a World Cup, and that's a shame. Um, they performed really poorly on Saturday. Started really well. Great, great, great game against Argentina, and since then almost gone off the boil. We'll see. We'll see. They have all sorts of funny ways of yeah. of doing things. I remember there was a story in the summer, wasn't there, about played a game against Wales. England looked exhausted, played really poorly, and it turned out they actually played a match two days previous under full test conditions. Yeah, yeah. You don't really ever know quite, given that their their quarter final berth was fixed. They knew who they're playing, where they're playing, all that's all fixed. And they didn't need to win. They didn't need to do anything on Saturday. Yeah. Maybe, Psychology of sport. Maybe there's something that. else going on there. We'll see. They I might think so. just uh, come strong for the semis. And also as well, it's a shooter, isn't it? You know, I think on it, on their day, anybody could beat anybody um, mm. in that in that quarterfinal section. Now, we Fiji approved that last week. Or sorry, last week I say uh, last month before mm. the World Cup that they uh, they beat England at Twickenham. Yeah. I think they could do it. But if you're going on current form, that's going to be a really tight game. I think and. I'd back England, as you said. I, I expect them to reach the semis, but, but then be completely annihilated. Yeah, I think so. they're playing at the moment. See what's uh, disappointing. interesting as well, actually, is that they've changed the quarterfinals round, I think. Uh, I'm not sure whether it's been this way, but it looks this way, that so that Ireland and France can meet each other in the final. Because I think what it was before was that they could only meet each other in the semis, uh, okay. if they both win. 
I sure so, don't know if they would have made that that late change. I th- now. I, I remember seeing it before that um I th- that they could only meet each other in the semis, but yeah, they interested in playing there. I think it'd be good because obviously it they might have been because if France had gone through as a pool winner, then uh, it might have yeah. been expected that New Zealand mm. were top. Of That's the why because they would have expected New Zealand probably yeah. to go through. But yeah, I think that would be. I I'm back in an island France one. Do you think? Yeah. Or not Wales? As much as I'd like Wales to get to the final, I think we've got to be real. <laughs> I think semi-final for Wales. Nah, that would be that would be massive. I think especially after well, the whole Wayne Pivac era. Yeah, absolutely. I think that would be an over a massive overachievement. But you appreciate then what we're predicting is four Northern Hemisphere teams in the semi-finals. Mm. Yeah, yes, well, absolutely. That, that two, would be that two that are incredibly strong and two yeah. that are not that strong at the moment. Yeah, in Wales. That that would be massive for rugby in the Six Nations. Ben, give us some hockey news. So Cardiff Met are playing in the Premier Division of hockey in the UK, which is brilliant. And on the weekend they faced, uh, faced Beeston, who are one of the more established sides in the leagues, and they lost four wins sadly. But they put up a really good fight, and obviously, you know, coming from Wales, they're not expected to really do much in terms of hockey, and I think it's great how they're putting their mark down. How can you watch that? Like if if something if you wanted to kind of put out there for our guys to say, look, you know. Cardiff Met, they're doing it for Wales, they're putting it out there. How, how, can they, how can they kind of get on there and watch? And yeah, well, well, the options there is live streamed on, um, on YouTube, like most of them, and it also comes up in a highlights reel on the England Hockey TV okay. every week, which is good. But it's also quite close to Brecon. And yeah, yeah. They play you know, under the lights on a Saturday night or on a Sunday. You know, it's a lovely environment. Really yeah, good. well, it'd be good to go try and get the guys down to watch one yeah, of right. this yeah, year, for sure. Um, good stuff. Um, right, just a quick round-up then. So... Uh, regional rugby um, is definitely on the back burner at the moment, but it's going to start as the World Cup starts to kind of tail off uh, to come. So the Scarlets, um, I think they well they played the Dragons uh, one twenty four. Oh sorry, the Scarlets lost twenty four thirty one to the Dragons, and um, really close game between Cardiff and the Ospreys. I'm sure Cardiff won that. Have I got it the wrong way around? I think they did. I think Cardiff beat Ospreys twenty six twenty eight twenty six. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think they did, but it's a preseason one, so uh, I don't think they. Uh, well, they matter, but not as much as they would if it was in a league. Um, Cardiff City and Watford, they drew one all. City been on a really good run recently, so uh, to try and keep that kind of unbeaten run going is good. And then Swansea, who've been on a really poor run, uh, they came behind to beat Plymouth 3-1. Um, and a little bit of funny news that I found out for you, which is, I, I thought it was pretty weird, but the Welsh, uh, sorry, um, AFC Romney have a brand new sponsor for their, uh, their kit and for their tracksuits. And it's the most unlikely sponsor I think you would ever guess. The r- rapper 50 Cent has put his hand into his pocket, spent a bit more than 50 Cent, and he is now the sponsor for uh, AFC Romney. Um, long story, I read through it, but the manager of AFC Romney uh, did some security work for uh, 50 Cent back uh, a couple of months ago. and. Uh, the parents were all nagging him, asking for sponsor, asking for sponsor, and he did. He put it out there, and uh, and uh, he came through and uh, gave him a kit, and then he went back and asked for a tracksuit as well, and he gave him a tracksuit. So uh, brilliant! It's nice to see that. It's a good little fun story. Um, I think that one. Right, let's do a quick roundup of Champions League and football. Yeah, yeah Manchester United um, lost against Galatasaray. We're two two. Three. Yeah. So they lost both the games in the Champions League so far. And uh, Manchester City won against Leipzig with a 3 to 1. That's the first time they won in Leipzig nice. ever. And then um, the Premier League, um, Manchester City lost against Arsenal, as we all We heard. mentioned that earlier. I got two, we got two Arsenal fans over there, so they're all extremely pleased by that. I can still see them smiling. Yeah, and um, Manchester United um, won against. Brentford with two to one, and they scored both goals in the stoppage time. Yeah, that was epic as well. Yeah. So it was going to become an ongoing saga, Mark. I know it was. I was already looking forward to be able to speak to you about how Man United are <laughs> just so poor again. And then McTominay, you must be, you, you must have like been there after full time. It's, it's it's like it happened after the games ended. So Man United pull it out of the bag at the last second. Um, and two stoppage time goals in the 93rd and 97th minute. Um, but in, in midweek, shocker, as usual, as usual. The, the crisis goes on. Uh, so I think it started off with Hoyland, uh, Hoyland goal. Galatasaray uh, then equalised and Hoyland bagged the brace. Uh, and United were leading until the final phase of the game, to be fair, when Galatasaray um, equalised once again. Then 
Crisis hit. Crisis hit. Again. Uh, Onana spilled the ball. Uh, I think Casemiro then went in for a challenge. Red carded. Penalty. Icardi misses. And then redeems himself, scoring a late, late winner. Plunging Ten Hag's job. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Stress. I think he's up, he's up against that. Yeah, he needed to win on the weekend. And McTominay came on as a sub as well. So yeah. you're thinking, and he was going to sell McTominay in the summer. Oh, fine. Complete life. Absolute car crash of a club. Absolute car crash <laughs> of a club. But <laughs> we do enjoy talking about Man United and the, uh, the saga that follows them. Right, okay. Uh, CCB Roundup, really. We're going to look at the uh, results uh, from the week. Um, and we're going to throw it over to Miss, uh, sorry, Darcy. Uh, talk to me about hockey. Good result? Yeah, so on Wednesday we went over to Cheltenham to play Pitts Grammar School which I don't think we went into the game with the best mindset, but we came out with one one draw. Nice, okay. And then on Saturday we had our first win against Monmouth against. Excellent, yeah, first wins. It's a week of first wins as well. We'll come on to uh, other first wins. Uh, Miss, how have the other girls got on this week um, with uh, in the world of hockey? Yeah, the under-13s played on Wednesday as well, but back at home against Bedston and they had an absolute cracker. They won 10 to 1, but also their team spirit was absolutely to be marvelled at. They were cheering like you have never seen when Bloodstone scored their only goals. Wow. It was so lovely. Um, and then on Saturday, we had under 15s, 13s, and 12s at home. 15s, as already mentioned, cracking 4 0 win with the goals from Tess Jackson. Under 13s struggled a little bit on Saturday, and the under 12s came away with a draw. So, busy weekend. Excellent. Uh, right, uh, rugby. I'm going to just go over the page here. But let's go to rugby first and then we'll bounce back to netball, I think. So rugby, uh, week of first wins, Oh, Yeah, big win for us on, uh, on Wednesday in the College League game. Mm-hmm. Bridge End, they came up here. It's our second home game. Second out of three, which is a bit disappointing. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, they came up uh, and we yeah we put a strong side, uh, good performance, and came over the 21-7 win. Yeah, I good. I think it was one of those days, though, where... We weren't kind of we weren't uh, taking our chances. I think we could have easily put four, like another twenty points on them. Yeah, but I think we went to half time nil nil where we should have been at least twenty nil. We watched that video back and yeah. identified some clear, yeah. clear chances. Clear. But um, you yeah. know, if the ball goes to hand or uh, passes are four, made. Four wow. where we were away in the corner and hand mistakes. Good, but well, yeah, it's always good to get the first yeah, win. Exactly. And um, I think we uh, we move on and we'll, we'll talk about where we're moving on to. Um, and the other six team boys, they played a really, really good side. Um, that's got Penadre from uh, from Merthyr, who came up. Uh, they were a brilliant team, Mike. They were lovely to play against. Um, very, very polite. Really well uh, mannered. Etiquette was excellent, and uh, and I really enjoyed refing it actually. Um, but yeah, there was a really, really strong side for the under uh, under sixteens to play against. Um, Miss, there's a bit of action in netball. Yeah, big week last week under nineteen sixteen. 14 and 13 self-pass tournaments. I think we'd already had the under-16s when we sat here last week, um, which we had just won. And then on Thursday, we faced stronger opposition than I think we were maybe expecting in the under-19s. Um, I think we were drawing, we played thirds rather than quarters, drawing after the first, and then maybe a two-goal lead into the second, and then won it by about four goals. Um, so three to the next round for them. 16s were already through, and the under-14s came runners-up. The under-13s played in the under-14s tournament as well, wow. and they came third. Oh, wow. So that's that good. brilliant. So the future's bright for them, for sure. Um, lastly, oh, no, no, I'm going to save until last. Badminton, uh, we have some good regular fixtures against Lupton uh, with our badminton, and um, traditionally we usually go over and, and, and usually win, but it was great, actually, because they've started to become a bit of a foregone conclusion. This week was a really tough, close game um, against Lupton, so I think that kind of... Uh, really, the, the guys came back, really enjoyed the fixture. They lost 11-9 um, in games, so they're, uh, they're already looking forward to their next game. And then the football match, I think we've already touched on it a little bit, yeah. um, but it was a big highlight for us last week, wasn't it? Bit of analysis, I think. Um, our, our possession play was quite good, Yeah. Uh, but then I think at some points we did overdo the ball over the top, and uh, that's probably one to work on for, for next week. Yeah. Uh, we've got a few training sessions coming up, and uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Keep ball, keeping the ball on the deck. Okay, brilliant. So, as always, busy weeks of sport coming up. Uh, we're going to quickly run through what we've got to look forward to uh, this week. Um, Tuesday, uh, big cross-country fixture. Um, lots of debate about what colour the cross-country t-shirt's going to be. 
Um, but yeah, a big cross country, second one of the uh, of the fixture card. Uh, we're off to Krikal. Oh, sorry, no, we're off to Grenovid. Um, this week. Way. Yeah, and a new course as well. Ben and I, yeah, defending the hard course. The it is hard. Is it? Is it changed this year? Yeah, they've got a new course. Where's it going? Like, I, don't know. Wow, I just don't know. Oh, it'll be in. It'll be intense. It was. It was tough last year. It was. <laughs> it's going back to my old. It was the worst was one good. as well. Like, that was the worst one. Oh, by, by, by far. I think. Definitely. Even though I think Brecken might have been a bit more hilly, I think Grenovid was just like just so long. Yeah. I, I, not I, bracket, no, I'm, I'm not saying I ran it last year, obviously, I just looked, it looked really <laughs> intense, I was just there cheering on, it was tough. Um, so yeah, so good uh, it for the cross country tomorrow, um, and then the Little End of Nines have a fixture against Hereford um, in the hockey. Uh, ben, what's happening Wednesday? So there's five fixtures for girl hockey, and they are in four different places, which is mad, so it means that the girls sense. are going to be everywhere across the country tomorrow, or on Wednesday even. And uh, for the rugby, there's an under 11 fixture versus Moor Park away. Uh, the rugby first boys are heading all the way down to Pembrokeshire to play Pembrokeshire College. Yeah, Tenby RFC. Tenby RFC is a long day. That was a long day. Yeah. And the boys rugby, the under 15s, 13s and 12s are versing Lupton. So hopefully pretty confident against Lupton and Moor Park for the yeah. younger years. But against Pembrokeshire College, I mean with the colleges, you never know what they're going to be like. We really are travelling a lot on Wednesday, aren't we? Yeah. So lots of pupils will be all over Wales on uh, Wednesday taking part, and England uh, taking part in some fixtures. Um, then Friday, Miss, big day for the girls. Yeah, double header on a Friday for the girls, which is an unusual one. We've got South Powers tournament in the morning, which is um, a simple shoot off us versus Crick Cowell to get through. And that will be a straight qualifier through to regional this year with the new change of format with the Hockey Wales competitions. Um, they'll then go back to lessons for a bit, and then they're back out on the pitch at 4.30. We are really looking forward to welcoming Collegiate School from Bristol. Um, they're travelling up here for a little mini tour, staying in Banai and doing a little Friday Night Lights game against us. Nice. So. Big squad then, Miss. Are we talking big squads? We've got obviously two games. That's quite a lot. Yeah. This is a good shout out, actually. Darcy Thomas making her way into Green and Gold for the first time on nice. Friday. Good. So looking forward to welcoming, welcoming her into the team. Excellent. Right, uh, on to our weekly segment about uh, general topic. I'm pleased to say Mr. Thompson is back here with, to, uh, to talk to us um, about the role of sport and the role of sport that plays in the boarding house. So we've got a few questions. Um, people are going to kind of throw them out there for you. So I'm going to throw it over to Ben first for, uh, for the first question. So, sir, how would you describe the role of sport in creating a sense of belonging and unity among the students in Orchard? The boarding house. Board, a boarding house, orchard, yeah, orchard, rather than just Orchard. Uh, I think... Um, Sport as a as an idea of building teams and building a collective um, view of things really important. Obviously, it, it goes hand in hand with values in a house about a community, um, and that you're heading uh, as part of a bigger picture. You know, just one cog in a wheel. Same in a team, but of course, we can talk about teams or sport in a non-team sense as well. Yeah. Being part of a community, having people celebrating you, maybe having people point out one or two flaws might not be a bad thing, but I think sport in a boarding house uh, plays a really important role in the life of a house, the ups and the downs, the, the soggy days, the sunny days, um, all of that helps to build um, an appreciation of the collective and an appreciation of um, uh, the, the life that each person is living. So there's always some common ground. You all got wet that day, uh, or you all lost that day, or you all won that day, and that just gives an opportunity to share common ground in, in environments where you're not always, not necessarily have common ground, especially when you're new, um, you, you're just thrown in. I guess you're pretty well placed as well to see the emotions that winning and losing can have on the house. Um, what impact that can have on a Wednesday afternoon, for example, or a Saturday, when the guys come back or the girls come back, what, what, what kind of, does it affect the mood in the house? Or can it affect the mood it in the can, house? It can, it can. It doesn't mean that that's something that, that is a good thing. Mm. I try uh, in, in my house over the many years uh, to keep things on a fairly even keel. You know, a house that has a, a volatile emotion isn't, isn't really a healthy house in my view. So yes, there are people who will be disappointed and there'll be people who are ecstatic, yeah. but actually a little bit of measuring all of those things is important, I think, in terms of the values of, a, of, of any uh, community, whether it's a team or a house. So I suppose, yes, you, you feel it and you do notice that, but also we try and 
keep life, just like in any boarding school, life is routine, yeah. life is normal, our values don't change whether we win or lose, and we move along. Yeah, absolutely. Big, uh, big competition this Saturday we should be definitely mentioning as well to look forward to. Um, not sporting related, but there's a big competition, which that I'm sure will um, kind of come into, and obviously house music is this Saturday, and uh, we wish all the Harrys all the best for, for that. Uh, Mark? So can you give any examples of sports that pupils in the boarding house have been engaged in, and have there been any moments of standout camaraderie? Uh, so all, all house sport, um, into house, so competition. If you can bring it into a competition, and you can call it sport, then it'll be, you know, people will spill blood for, for that win, okay? And it's even more present in a small school like this where there, for boys, there are two houses. So you're a winner or you're a loser, okay? <laughs> there's no third or fourth place. There's no, uh, there's nothing in between, same in the girls' houses. Um, so you'll know this, Mark, over many years of being here, that, that um, if it's sporting, if it's into house, then it matters, whether it's climbing or rugby, tennis or, or, or hockey, whatever it might be, it, it matters. Um, you think back to cross country. Which, Absolutely. You know, frankly, you know, you all say this, anybody who's enjoying that, doing that, they must be completely mad. But when it comes to house cross country, everybody's got their trainers on, everybody's doing it, everybody's getting stuck in. Uh, I love that about, about, about house life. All for the right <laughs> Yeah, and, it, and it's all for the right reasons. Um, Mr. Fasson will hate me for saying this, but Win or lose is less less material to me than than the, than what we're achieving by by that collective approach to yeah. house values. Absolutely, no, I do agree with you mostly. Yeah. Mostly, um, Charlie. Yeah. Are there any? Uh, well, do you believe in any benefits from students participating in sports in school? Yeah. Yeah, I, Charlie, it's huge. Do you know? Um, part of what I'm trying to do as a housemaster is to build. Um, young people and the skill set of young people and so you talk about all these fixtures on Wednesday we've got you know probably 150 200 children going to travel to away fixtures and think about what that actually what that under the undertaking of that so from packing your bag or even before that understanding that you're on the team sheet and what times the meet that, that, that is a skill that you're developing as a young person it might seem completely natural to you guys sitting around here but for someone who's in year seven who's seeing their name on a team sheet for the first time. They're not having their hand held to the bus. They've got to get their kit ready. They've got to be there at the right time. They've got to remember to pack their kit after the match and bring it back. And those sorts of life skills actually come as a, a knock-on from playing sport. And we, you know, we as teachers have to skill everybody in all of those little things. Um, you know, social aspects of being able to shake someone who you've been battling against for given everything and you've got to shake their hand at the end or celebrate their performance as much as you can celebrate your own. These are the add-ons that really make a difference. They turn uh, good people into great people uh, beyond winning, losing, or being incredibly skilled in the sport that you choose. And, and I think that, that matters uh, incredibly in a school, in a sporting context, the extras. Sir, are there any notable success stories or achievements related to sports within your boarding community? that you would like to share with us? Steady now, steady, before you start bragging. No, no, I, I wouldn't at all like to brag. Um, yeah, Orchard's not lost sports day since 2017. <laughs> no, I shouldn't. That's um, cut mark to the core. Oh, no, I think um, I wouldn't, I, you know, and, and, and nor would it be right to do so in a two horse race. Uh, I would be, I would celebrate um, um, Schoolhouse's achievements as much as I would Orchard. Uh, it, it would make no sense for one house to win every single competition. That, that, that we have had years like that. Yeah, that's why we won the whole cup last year. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I think that doesn't make sense. It doesn't mm -hmm. fulfil the values of sport in, in the context of a school and developing young people. That actually competition matters, but that competition needs to be spread around. Mr Thomas and I worked for many years uh, to try to ensure that children got opportunities in sports and children got opportunities to, to be able to celebrate in sports. And now we have a really nice structure that I think we're getting there. We really are making great progress with that. Close competitions are good competitions, aren't they? Yeah, I think that's important. Um, and um, we see it across the school in, in, in the juniors with um, us, Taff and Y, and then the girls' houses, the boys' houses. It's a really well measured. So I'm not going to uh, shout too much about the, the relative successes or not of Orchard yeah. over the years. Um, I know that in my first few years in Orchard, we, 
we were extremely sporting successful. Um, but it's not a measure of, of how I would Yeah, it's not a measure of success of the house, is it? In the house. Not, Absolutely really, not. not really. Das, what have you got? Um, how would you encourage students who may not have a prior experience or interest in sports to get involved and benefit from the physical and social aspects of it? That's a good question. It's a good question. How, would I, how do I go about it? So part of it is to do with the culture that surrounds uh, those people. So if they're used to seeing people who um, have a model that behaviour, so throwing themselves into two acts, you know, that's great because I can hold on to that and encourage other children to see good role modelling around them. Um, so, so I would use role models a lot in that. So people who found their their interest or their passion just by having a go, whether it's in um, fell running or rock climbing or uh, water sports, wherever it might be. Um, it can be harder in team sports. You know, t team sports are hard to get into. When, when I, I take on children when they're usually 14, 13, 14, and if they've not started a team sport life, that can be quite hard because you're jumping into something that appears established. Uh, that can be quite difficult, but continuing, turning up, keeping trying, waiting for the opportunity and then seeing how you go. And of course, we, you'll know that we, our school is brilliant at embracing people who, who aren't used to these things and who might well um, not have confidence, just the fact they, they turn up, they might get their chance when five people are off sick and they get their chance and they're celebrated just for being there. That makes a difference to people. And um, so keep, keep getting to turn up and use role modelling a lot. I think that's important, but that's all about you guys. What's been your best memory of CCB sports so far? Sir? Cool. Um, I think um, the, the competition in-house is ongoing. I really enjoy that. Um, all the right reasons what you see outwardly uh, between the, the, the senior house parents uh, appear for bloodlust is not at all what goes on behind closed doors yeah. you know we really do celebrate each other's uh, victories and, and, I, and I really enjoy that um, team wise um, I thought last year's spirit day for girls hockey was phenomenal the, 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 the lights uh, new scoreboard the last second goal uh, to beat Andavri brilliant uh, and I don't think that was expected, certainly not by me. I know that the girls have beaten Lackland really comfortably earlier in the season, and then this was a really tight game. I was a bit nervous that they might win, and then the, the last minute goal. Um, but, but we'd probably go back a couple of years and the trip to the Principality Stadium. Yeah, yeah, quite, quite significant, but actually for me, the semi-final of that season when we played at Bracken Rugby Club, that was one of the most complete performances I've seen by a schoolboy team uh, at a really high level. In, in what started out as pretty awful conditions, really terrific standard, really terrific standard. So I'll probably go with that one. Brilliant. That's it. Interrogation over. Interrogation over. Yeah, absolutely. Except Thank for you. this uh, these well, next thing. Well, I'm going to throw it over to Jack now because uh, the standing item on our, on our weekly kind of guest is the quick fire round. And these are the all important questions okay. that matter. So Jack, go. Favourite sport? Cricket. Favourite food? Cake. Favourite athlete? Lewis Howells. <laughs> Favourite sports team? Uh, England cricket. Favourite Olympic discipline? I'd go decathlon. Favourite sports venue? Oh, golly. Uh, oh, no, I can't, I don't know. I'm sorry. sorry. Edgbaston. Messi or Ronaldo? Messi. Yeah. <laughs> That is the last question, Ronaldo or Messi? Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's not my sporting have to cut that. No. highlights. No, it could be. Have you got any? I don't think anybody around this table knows that I played international sport, but you know, that's another day. Another day. <laughs> right. Um, the European Championship. Can we talk about that? Are we allowed to talk about that? Yeah, we can talk about right. that. Mr. Thompson, international sportsman. Yeah, so when I went to university, I segued away from rugby, which I'd never been particularly good at, into American football. And I was really well coached, and I did what I was told, and it turned out I was okay at it. Um, Running back? No, no, no. Uh, I played all sorry. over. Sorry, that was. I played all over, um, all over the place, but my uh, the top level that I played at was for um, GB students. Um, and I played uh, sort of a hybrid defensive line linebacker role. Nice. I think picked for a particular role in the squad. <laughs> I certainly wasn't a starter. And I was probably well out of my depth and picked for a number of different reasons for squad, uh, squad purposes. Um, but that was the top level I played at. But I played, I played all the way through my university career for, for GP students, 
Um, North-South games were a particular highlight. That was that was cracking fun. It took me a long time before I won a game. Yeah. South versus North. Um, but yeah, touring Europe with wow. with um, what we call G Bulldogs, GB Bulldogs was 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 fun. Oh, there was some there was some American football on the weekend as well. The, yeah. The, the Jacksons. Uh, I can't remember they played. Jacks. Bills. They played um, the Bills as mm. uh, Tottenham. Mm. I, I watched it. I watched that. Did you watch fun. it? Yeah. 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 Fun. Yeah. I don't think they're playing at the level they play. Yet. I have I mean, no idea what was going on. Didn't but see much it was of good it. fun. But it was good fun. Well, that's a great anecdote. Yeah. Yeah. And I stopped playing as soon as I left university. My better rugby. But uh, yeah, things things you might try when you go to university, folks. Don't uh, absolutely don't, exactly. uh, second that. Don't miss out on the opportunities. Well, right. Last segment um, before oh, penultimate segment, I should say. Um, number eight on our list of countdowns, top sporting events um, of all time. And this is a classic, um, the rumble in the jungle. And just by saying that, that should, for lots of us, uh, resonate uh, with, uh, with some good kind of uh, stories, even though none of us, none of us were born. Not even I was born. None of us were born um, when this rumble in the jungle happened. Um, but yeah, oh, what have we got? Well, uh... There was obviously a fight between Muhammad Ali and George Foreman. It happened on October 30th, 1974 in, Kinj, in Kinshasa, Zaire, Zaire? Zaire, yeah. Zaire, now known as the DRC. Uh, obviously, you know, Muhammad, Muhammad Ali and George Foreman, two unbelievably great boxers, uh, but very different fighting styles. Muhammad Ali, uh, he was highly skilled, very charismatic, but he had a very unorthodox fighting style and he was very uh, powerful personally. But George Foreman, he was very, very hard hitter. I think, I think anybody who knows boxing knows that he was one of the hardest hitters. Big guy as lived. well. Yeah, big, the the big size guy. difference between the two was, was quite notable. But, yeah, he was heavily favoured going into the fight, I think, uh, just because of his punching power. Yeah, he hadn't lost either. Um, Muhammad Ali had lost. Um, I think George Foreman was the yeah. reigning world champion. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, so Muhammad Ali, I think he's definitely remembered for always taking those big fights, like Ali said. So. Yeah, at this point, he was the former uh, world heavyweight champion, but he'd been stripped of those titles. He'd been forced to give them up because basically he refused to be drafted into the U.S. squad uh, in the midst of the, the Vietnamese War. So, yeah, George Foreman, he was the reigning heavyweight champion and was considered nearly unbeatable at the time. He had an outstanding record of 40 wins, zero losses and 37 knockouts showcasing that. That power. That's outrageous. That's like, four, can we just say 40 wins? <laughs> that, that is nuts. 40 wins. And, and only three times he hasn't knocked yeah, the bloke out. Yeah, out. Quite scary. Quite scary. scary. Yeah, Ali employed the unique strategy called the rope a where he leaned against the ropes and allowed Foreman to punch himself out and absorb, absorbing all the punishment. Um, and in the eighth round, Ali saw an opportunity and unleashed a series of powerful hits knocked Foreman down. Um, and he was unable to beat the count. Muhammad Ali regained the heavyweight title in a stunning upset. It was. Like I've seen, and I'm sure some of you might have seen it. It's an unbelievable fight, and I urge you all to jump onto YouTube and have a look at this fight, because it is exactly that. That rope dope was just, I don't know, it was a madness, but genius. Um, the bigger man just punching himself totally out. And what we mean by that is that he had nothing left. There was no kind of energy left in the tank, um, and uh, it really is noticeable in that eighth round. There's nothing left. I think, yeah, I think that's part of the reason why Ali was able to win that fight. So I think George Foreman was expecting obviously Ali to go in with the, the head movement, the quick feet, you know, the, the Ali that he was used to, but obviously he just tore, tied, tied him out throughout the fight. Yeah, and he just stood there in the ropes yeah. and got absolutely battered. Uh, loads of body shots. Mm -hmm. I, you know, it's a, I urge you all to go and have a look at it. It's a, it's a really kind of, it's a spectacle. So um, the fight is actually considered one of the greatest upsets in boxing history and is a defining moment in Muhammad Ali's legendary career. I mean, he's got a pretty legendary career to be a defining moment, it's going to be pretty special. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it showcased Ali's intelligence, resilience and adapt adaptability in the ring. So just like the quality qualities that we know Ali for. And it was just everything seemed to come together for him on this one night and yeah. he just nailed it. Uh, the Rumble in the Jungle is remembered not only for the boxing spectacle but also for its cultural significance. It's all international attention to Zari and African music and culture. So that's just like, I think, demonstrating again the impact of sport, not only on the person, but on the, on the culture, like Portugal as well. Yeah, it? absolutely. It can have a huge, significant impact. And, yeah. and it was the event of the, the year, the decade, and 
and especially the decade in, in, in Africa. And there was, uh, again, I don't know if you've seen the film, Ali, it's played by Will Smith, but that, that film, I would recommend to go out and watch that as well. That's all about leading up to this fight. And um, it gives you some kind of context into how big this fight moving out of the States, where all the big boxing fights would have been um, out in Las Vegas or in Madison Square in, in New York, to move it all the way over to a stadium in, uh, in Zaire. It's a really big spectacle. I urge you all to watch it. It's fantastic. Um, what have we got there? Any, uh, what's the legacy, Charles? What, what kind of, how did it finish? So, Muhammad Ali's uh, victory in the Rumble in the Jungle remains a symbol of the triumph against the odds and is often referred in discussions of the greatest sports event of all time. Yeah, definitely. So, that kind of up against the odds of all, you know, people can go back to that. They use that as that iconic moment, don't they, to be able to kind of refer to. You know, if you can draw inspiration from Muhammad Ali, who was the smaller man, you know, he'd lost, he wasn't expected to win. People draw that kind of inspiration from that all the time. So yeah, definitely legacy there. Anything else? Uh, it solidified uh, Ali's status as a, the greatest boxer of all time and one of the greatest sporting figures in history. Absolutely. Uh, the fight's legacy extends beyond boxing and it has inspired athletes and individuals to observe in the face of seemingly instrumental challenges. Yeah, absolutely, we just talked about that, didn't we? Like, you know, facing that insurmountable challenge all the time and drawing that inspiration from moments like that in sport, I think us as sportsmen and women can definitely take some kind of inspiration from. Um, you know, that David and Goliath kind of feel, isn't it? For sure. That's brilliant. So he's number eight, or that instant, that fight, number eight on our iconic um, kind of countdown of sporting moments. Right, last segment, shockers and rockers of the past week. Um, rockers, who've we got? Anybody want to talk to me about Formula One? Yeah, Max Verstappen, uh, third Formula One world title in the Qatar this weekend. Yeah. It's um, kind of big, isn't it? It's yeah, quite significant. Yeah, it's very significant. I think, I think Formula One, anyone fan, yeah. not fan, yeah. like watch it, get yeah. bored of it. Constant uh, same winner all the time. Yeah, well, I, I'm a Lewis Hamilton fan, so like, I, I've always enjoyed watching Lewis Hamilton win, but I think when he's not winning at the moment, it's, yeah. uh, it's hard. Yeah, I know, but I think, uh, uh, yeah, he's definitely completely dominating everyone. Like, I think if you look at uh, the whole season, he's just won, it's just been Max Verstappen winning everything. Uh, but, it's pretty special, pretty yeah. special race. But staying on F1 actually, uh, there's been quite a bit in the news this week about it because obviously Qatar conditions are very hot. Uh, so I think it was Esteban Ocon threw up in his helmet. That's a, so that's a shocker. <laughs> yeah, what? that is a shocker. But Free race? No, in the eighth lap I think it was in wow. the, the race. But the, even with that, there was like four or five drivers after the race that couldn't get out of their cars because wow. they were like just so tired. Dehydrated, yeah. And they would have had they would they had so they have they would have had packs there to, to obviously hydrate yeah, yeah. throughout the uh, the race and the water etc but oh, it's just so the hot conditions are yeah. so hot it's got to, kind of their welfare it's got to mm. be the first priority yeah, so okay. should should I'm sure that would get um that would get reviewed for sure how, um, how much of it is about the driver how much of it is about the car oh mark we haven't got time for this <laughs> this is massive it's, yeah it's difficult to say really because obviously Mike Verstappen is like he is an absolutely unreal driver but yeah you you like to be that dominant. It's, there's got to be an element of the car is just better than uh, other cars on the grid. It comes down to money, comes down to investment, uh, yeah. comes down to kind of technology. Um, and what I quite find I find quite interesting is is that Formula One technology is the technology that we will be using in our cars or our kind of um, equipment in the next five to ten years. So it kind of filters down. It might not be that we're all driving Formula One cars around, but the technology that they're using there is what's tried and tested. So. Yeah, it definitely comes down to the tech side of things. Um, as Ollie says, the driver plays a big part of it, but um, I quite like the fact that the tech's pushing boundaries all the time. Yeah, that topic of technological advancement and the role it plays in sports has been quite relevant this week, actually, within athletics. So we saw Kelvin Kipton break the, the, the men's marathon world record with a time of 2 hours 35 seconds. 30 seconds off the previous world record. That's an incredible, incredible, incredible time. But I think the debate sort of inherent there is the fact that, well, he was wearing a, a Nike prototype, which we can't buy, but um, will we'll become on the market soon. And there's a, there's a debate as to how far, you know, it, it's the shoes rather than the athletes. Obviously through time we've seen athletics, the times have been slowly getting better. 
and that you could say that you know, trading is becoming more sophisticated, we're becoming more aware of yeah how to maximize performance by trading, but also the shoes we're wearing are getting more technologically sophisticated, and that's definitely got a big big impact. Yeah, definitely. I, I, there's a huge kind of um, media storm about that. Is what is the role of impact? Is the technology yeah. playing um, on times coming down? Yeah, well, World Athletics have put some some band, like some barriers on it, so you you're only allowed to have a certain amount of stack height. So they can't, you can't have, you know, a massive sort of platform shoe that just sort of spring you forward. But yeah. yeah, it's quite interesting how it's similar to F1. You've got the, like, the manufacturers, they're pushing the boundaries. They want to maximise the sort of benefit you can get out of the shoe. But, you know, is that, is that fair? That could be a whole segment, I think, on a, on a later part. I'd love to get back into that technology and sport and the impact. We study that at GCSE um, massively um, and the role that tech can have. Um, and the advantages and disadvantages, there's a big debate there. To well, that, that leads on to another shocker of the week. VAR is uh, back. I mean, it's, it's got away with it on this one. Me and Ben were delighted about the Arsenal win. But again, VAR sort of under pressure. The, there was no red card for Kovacic after yeah. two yeah, quite, dangerous, a, a quite dangerous tackles. But luckily, Arsenal pulled through. Still, sort of still under the spotlight, isn't it? VAR for sure. Um, okay, right, quickly then, let's have a look. Oh, shocker. No, rocker. Portugal. Yeah, we talked about them earlier. Yeah, yeah. They were amazing. Very, very good. And have been my kind of, my second favourite team um, of the World Cup. They won their first ever match, so they definitely deserve to be on the, uh, the rocker list. Uh, Simone Biles, uh, she is one of my favourite athletes. So if I ever got asked that question, it would be a cheapie up there for sure. Um, so Simone Biles, sixth World Gymnastics Championship, all-round gold for US. But it was very, very funny. In her final performance on the floor... Um, she was so far ahead that she could have afforded to fall over flat on her face and still get the gold medal. She's, you know, she's that accomplished. But, Miss, you saw it as well, didn't you? Yeah, which she very nearly did. did. You see yeah. that glass? Yeah. She tripped up on her yeah. foot, literally. On not just basically walking off that ground. Reaction from her afterwards to us? What did she do? I loved it. Loved it. Live performance. Loved, smiled, didn't she? And laughed it. There was no pressure. I loved that. It was brilliant. Um, we've done Man United, but they still on the uh, the shocker list. Or oh, they rockers this week because they won a game. Wow. Which one? Half, half, half and half. But I'm, I'm, get, I'm getting tired of talking about it, to be honest. Yeah, okay. I just, well, I just I, want them to keep winning. I love the fact consistent. you're getting tired because yeah. I'll just keep them on the list. Um, <laughs> which is we have great. A home, a home person on the list for the rockers? Yes, Jack, you are on the list, Jack. Oh, man. Well, is that PB, buddy? Yeah, the PB. Wasn't it the beating? 0.01. Oh, yeah, and, and the beating. 100 of... meter runner. Well, I'm not gonna do this come on, this. Jack. So, okay, well, we're, <laughs> we're doing some SNC testing. And for anyone who knows me, I'm very competitive. And, like, when it comes to sort of, you know, who can just take pain, I'm, I, quite, I quite like that. I quite like that sort of dynamic. So, it was um, basically just as a test of muscular endurance on, on the core, holding a stress position for as long as you can. And one of the guys there was called Sam Gordon, and he's the second fastest 100 meter runner in Welsh history uh, with 10.08. And, you know, he's a really sort of good role model. And I came, watching him train was really special to me, actually. And then even more special was watching him do the same sort of exercise as me. And the first thing that came into my mind was, I've got to try and beat him. And he's, he's massive, he's a much stronger guy, but when it comes to body weight, I've got to have a chance. So, yeah, I basically just, Pushed myself as, as far as physically possible, and I did beat him. Excellent. About. Maybe that's so, why you're in such a pickle today. Yeah, I, I woke up and it was worth it. So yeah, I, I got out there and everything was hurting, but I know that I've, I've beaten a, a sporting idol. Good man. So, well yeah. done. Good stuff, Jack. Right, shockers. Um, Australia rugby union team. Let's chuck them in there. They've had a shocker. First exit from the World Cup in the group stages. Um, yeah. See you, Australia. They were. Uh, they've been pretty poor. Um, Mark, England cricket team. World Cup starts, how did they yeah, go? Yeah, so reigning champions looking to defend the 50 over World Cup title, so obviously the 20 over World Cup champions. Um, they, they batted okay, not, not, not 280, 280 I think 282 for 9, I've already done. Root's top scoring at 77 off 86. Um, so not too bad, uh, but then New Zealand just whacked them yeah. off, off the ground. And um, so. Um, it was two centuries from Ravindra, who batting number three, and Devon Conway, 
But at the start, it looked like England were, were onto a winner with um, um, Will, Will Young getting out for a first ball duck. I think Diamond Duck, is, is, that, a, is that a made up term? Or is that, I've never heard no, it's real, but Diamond I think duck it was the first ball or the second over that he was out. But yeah, but it was, his, I don't think they had yeah. had any runs on the board. I'm not sure. Yeah. So. The gold, golden duck for Young. But then, then obviously two unbeaten centuries, 150 for Devon Conway. I think we're going to expect some big scores, aren't we? Yeah. Um, on those pitches. I, I, I wonder how much impact um, the, the, uh, the the conditions will have. Mm. These are day night yeah. games. Different side batting second has been comfortably winning every game. Yeah. I'm not saying that England played well. Um, or that New Zealand played particularly well on top, I, I do think there is an influence there. Yeah. Every team that's won the tops has elected to bowl yeah. and has won the game. Be interesting when it's way to see. Different locations as well in India, so different yeah. conditions yeah. To, to get down to see. You can't just coast through it. And um, yeah, England play again on Tuesday, so tomorrow, but yeah. we're at time filming. And um, yeah, I hope they look forward to better than that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I've been waiting for this next one to happen all World Cup, actually. The shot clock, Owen Farrell. Mm. Um, I've been waiting for it because if somebody was going to fall foul, and I love the fact it was over foul as well, that fell foul of that. Sorry, it was just a, a little kind of pleasure of mine. But he watched the shot clock go all the way down and actually kicked it after the buzzer went, and uh, he's kicked it in count. And that could have been quite costly. Yeah, could have been quite costly because that game was extremely close. Samoa should be on our, uh, our Rockers list, actually. They, they kind of exited really well um, from the World Cup. Um, and lastly, we talked about Max Verstappen winning. Um, one of your fans, or one of your uh, idols, uh, Lewis Hamilton, um, not had the best uh, no. of seasons. No, well, uh, I think I've seen quite an interesting statistic, actually, is um, Max Verstappen's won three world champions since the last time Lewis Hamilton won a race. Oh, wow. So, yeah, he, mega. I know. He's not doing too well at the moment, but, yeah, hopefully he can... Fingers crossed for next year. Yeah. And uh, they come back with a, with a, with a stronger car. Yeah. Um, and that's it. Thank you. Oh, yeah. So, um, heartbreaking moment. Heartbreaking moment for me. Um, Paul Pogba, one of my favourite players of all time. Um, he's he's been he's been done for doping. Yeah. Uh, testosterone twice, two tests. Uh, looks like he's going to be permanently suspended. Yeah, that'd be um, two years at least. I think. He's a player I grew up watching for Man United, obviously, and and that's it. He's done. One of the best players. One of the, one of the best players of his generation. And just a waste of talent. Anyway, back from that, yeah. two, two, two years, two years suspension. I think is the minimum for it. It should be, it should be life for me. Wow, yes. as, a, as an athlete, I think my sport is absolutely plagued by dopers. And if you threaten the integrity of sport like that, you shouldn't have the privilege. To Jack, play you've up. given us two great topics to talk about in subsequent parts. Now, <laughs> one about tech and the role that it's plays, and yeah. two. Should dopers be banned? Maybe yeah, that'd be a, a special episode. That could be. Oh, we could talk for hours on a that. Christmas special. Yeah, I love Christmas that. Special. Oh, <laughs> fantastic. Right, before we go, I've got to give the pod a plug and subscribe and like, please, on Spotify. Yeah? And the first two episodes are out, so please get on there, subscribe and like the pod, get onto Spotify, and you can also watch this one live um, as it goes out on YouTube very soon as well. So thank you, everybody. And uh, we look forward to seeing you all next week. Thanks, thanks for having me.